Nishma Sibeh Hababa 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
sasain vesimcha sasain vesimcha hasan vekarna kihilarina titzavichetpa ava veachva vishalaim vireyos asher bara sasain vesimcha sasain vesimcha hasan vekarna
J.M. in the A.M. Hi, everyone. Eitan Katz with uh, Hodul Hashem. You heard Marake done by Simcha Liner. Shalshelis had Asher Bara, Netzach Yisrael, and Shivisi. That was Yaakov Shweki off Musica. And, of course, Regesh, Modani, opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday. It's November the 23rd. Black Friday here in the U.S. Called Black Friday or referred to as Black Friday because uh, so many people shop during this uh, unofficial first day of the holiday shopping season that uh, the uh, the hope is that all these store owners end up in the black. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Anyway, Black Friday here in the U.S., the 15th day in the month of Kislev. We're halfway through the uh, month of miracles, 10 days away from the holiday of Hanukkah, and the year, of course, is 5779. Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach with candle lighting time at 412. On this era of Shabbos, four twelve here in New York. Um, it's early, yeah. No matter where you are, make sure that uh, you're aware of when uh, candle lighting time is, because no matter what, it's going to be early. Four twelve here in New York. So beware. Also, beware of the fact that it's seventeen degrees here in New York. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's seventeen degrees here in New York. On this November morning. Is that unbelievable? 65% humidity winds are north at 6 miles an hour. Sunny today with a high of 34, then clear tonight, low 30. Tomorrow here in New York, afternoon rain for Shabbos with a high temperature of 50 degrees. At least we're getting up to 50. Thank goodness for that. Um, Saturday night, tomorrow night, there's supposed to be some rain here, and then Sunday's supposed to be a high of 57, so... Again, Baruch Hashem will be warming up. Uh, Yerushalayim right now at 58, 17 here 
Wow, a 41-degree difference. 17 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Uh, It's Friday. We will have our weekly update coming up uh, at 7.40 Eastern time. Rami Kleinstein, the 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 um, Billy Joel of Israel, is scheduled to call in the eight o'clock hour. Uh, he's performing for the Atid Society, the Kushner Schools, on Sunday night, a week from Sunday night. So he is scheduled to join us coming up. Get a few uh, statements from him about his brilliant career. Um. We Dafka wanted to do it on Erev Shabbos because of his incredible song, Matanot Tanot. So it's one of the reasons we wanted that to happen. Listener Devora on the app really sums it up. Really sums it up. Um, <coughs> because we always, as Americans, who have not yet uh, made the move uh, to Israel, which is unexplicable, but that's for another time, but as Americans who are here and who appreciate Thanksgiving for, for obvious reasons, <coughs> we always hear about and see posted on Facebook, etc. Thanksgiving celebrations going on in Israel. She points out, time for Thanksgiving dinner here in Israel. Most Americans celebrate on Friday night when we remember our original roots but give thanks for the ability to live in our holy land, Shabbat Shalom. And I remember uh, growing up, one of the objections, or maybe even in, in some cases the main objection, um, was that we're having this, you know, best meal of the week, so to speak, on Erev Shabbos on Thursday night, which is not really the, the most respectful thing, according to some, um, to do to the Shabbos and to the Shabbos meal. So this really this really solves the whole thing. It's Thanksgiving Shabbos, so Friday night they have their Thanksgiving meal. And this is not to say I didn't have an unbelievable meal last night. We did. I'm just saying that it's it's a beautiful custom that those who no longer live in the United States, if they are in fact living in peace and freedom, they recognize a Thanksgiving weekend, in this case, by uh, making the Friday night uh, Shabbos meal even more special and even more delicious, if that's possible. So kudos to everybody in Israel who uh, remembers their roots and remembers how amazing this country is. It does have many amazing aspects to it. And uh, like I said, nonetheless, it is time for all of us to get to Israel, but that I guess is for a discussion on a different day. Friday morning, or maybe it should be a discussion every day, Friday morning broadcast at 28 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, now Home Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, we have a, uh, I think we'd call it a full day, right? Can we, can't we refer to this as a full day here? At the Nahum Siegel Network, we've got um, the weekly update, as I said, coming up. Israeli superstar Rami Kleinstein is going to join us. Table for two, it's uh, going to be Naomi's visit to the Jewish Food Media Conference starting at 9 a.m. The Arab Shabbos show with uh, Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem that starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Arab Shabbos music mix sponsored by our friends at Kedem goes all day long. We've got the Harry Rothenberg video blog on Parshas Vayishlach coming up at 1 p.m. Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami Finkelstein and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. I mean, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. And uh, it's all happening today right here on JMM and the Nachum Seagull Network. And, of course, all this goes until candlelighting time. 
and then it all restarts tomorrow night after Havdalah. And I hope that uh, that everybody out there will uh, get an opportunity to stay tuned in all day long. It does look like, from what I've seen from our back end, that there were a lot of people taking advantage of our music mix yesterday during Thanksgiving Day. So that's wonderful that people did that. And uh, I'm very glad you did. And today you have a similar situation. And every Friday you have a similar situation. We get an opportunity to really have an incredible array of music all through the uh, morning and the entire day. All right. More coming up. This is uh, JM in the AM. Thanks for keeping it here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
No fighter plane, no battleship can crash with the pure and sweet. It's that last drop of oil. It just won't see defeat. It keeps our little hop in flame and dancing to the beat. It's that last drop of oil. We'll take it to the street. And we'll blow smoke in the face of darkness. Set fires to burn up the night. Tell every tell all your stories. Be a miracle of light. Blow smoke in the face of darkness. Set fires to burn up the night. Tell every tell all your stories. Be a miracle of light. Canto esti nom. Nothing left, your true colors show. So reach deep down and grab that spark. Ain't you tired of living in the dark? Show me a candle, I show you the light. Show me a candle, I show you that light. No smoke in the face of darkness. Set fires to burn up the night. Tell every tell all your stories. Be a miracle of light. No smoke in the face of darkness. Set fires to burn up the night. Tell every tell all your stories. Be a miracle of light. Let's go. 
Shabbos. Mama, me kadoshim, me kadoshim shivi, kulam ismeu veisandu. Mama, me kadoshim, me kadoshim shivi, kulam ismeu veisandu. Mama, me kadoshim, me kadoshim shivi, kulam ismeu veisandu. to be. 
out of Shabbos. We don't have a choice because we have to rest. Feeling so much closer, that is just the best. Running all around the love of time, let's slow it down for Shabbos.
וגם כשיש עננים שמכסים את הכל ולא רואים שום דבר, רק עומדים במקום זה קצת לא נעים איך הכל מסתלק, נעלם ונסתם ואז באים חברים לחזק להרים מביאים משפטים של אנשים חכמים אני עדיין בחושך מחכה כאן לבד. יש רק אחד שיודע באמת מה עובר לי בפנים. יש רק אחד ששומע אלוקים, אלוקים. וכך במשך שנים מתרגלים לחיים, ממשיכים כך ללכת. עולים ויורדים, מסתובב לאחור, את כל זה עברתי, כל זה עברתי. ואנחנו גדלים, חברים מתרחקים, משפחה ילדים, הקשיים הרגילים. מה שנשאר מכל זה, זו רק ההרגשה ש... J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning broadcast on this era of Shabbos with Yoni Z and Rock Echad. Uh, before that, Miami with the song La'olam Va'ed, Forever, title track to their album. Shabbos done by Shlomi Gertner, Yehuda Green in there with Am Mekadashe, and Miracle was done by Eighth Day in honor of Hanukkah in this month of Kislev. And Bowie Kala, that was Micha Gammerman here at J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. A Black Friday Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's known as here in the U.S., known as Black Friday. Big shopping day. Uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach with Ken Lighting Time at 4.12. 4.12 officially here in New York. Earlier in some parts, a drop later maybe in some parts, but it's early. 
quote-unquote everywhere, so be careful. Make sure you get to wherever you need to get to on this Thanksgiving weekend uh, for Shabbos uh, on time. 17 degrees outside. Yeah, it's cold. 65% humidity winds in north at 6, sunny with a high temperature of 34. Then tonight, mostly clear, low 30. Tomorrow afternoon, rain, a high Shabbos, 50 degrees. Uh, Sunday night, excuse me, Saturday night, they're expecting rain. And then Sunday, a high of 57. So things will normalize a bit temperature-wise. You shall line right now at 58. We're at 17 degrees here in New York. As we say good morning at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network. And, of course, the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background to our news from Israel coming up. Uh, Malcolm Honeline at 740, weekly update. Rabbi Yudin at 815, Parshas Vayishlach. Rami Kleinstein scheduled to join us from Israel, 835 this morning here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to that. And uh, then in a full day of amazing music, we've got, uh, well, Naomi Nachman first with Table for Two. Naomi is going to be uh, is going to be concentrating between nine and ten a.m. on the Jewish Food Media Conference. Her visit there. Then the Arab Shabbos show with uh, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Thank you to Mark Zamek. Arab Shabbos music mix after the Harry Rothenberg video blog on Vayishlach starts at one p.m. Sponsored by our friends at Kedem tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami Finkelstein and Rabbi Zwickler. And of course Sunday it's Matis with JM Sunday starting at seven a.m. Eastern time live. Here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Galaitzal in the background. Our news from Israel is next. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMN. גליצאל שעה שתיים כאן גוני כהן לאמא שקורה עכשיו. מערכת הביטחון נערכת להתפתחות הפרות סדר אלימות על גדר המערכת, כתבנו הצבאי צחי דבוש. אחרי שבוע וחצי של שקט בגבול שנשמר מאז סבב הלחימה הקודם, באוגדת הזן נערכים לעימותים אלימים על גדר המערכת בשעות הקרובות. בתוך הזן נשמעות קריאות רבות לציבור הפלסטיני להגיע בהמוניו לגדר כדי להתעמת עם חיילי צה"ל. בשל כך בצה"ל נערכים בכוחות מתוגברים לאירועים אלימים בגבול. לאחר הבטחת נשיא ברזיל הנבחר ז'איר בולסונארו להעביר את שגרירות ארצו לירושלים, סגנו מסתייג מההחלטה וטוען, המהלך עלול להביא את הטרור לאדמתנו, כתבת חדשות החוץ אינה אנטונוב. המילטון מוראו, שיושבע ב-1 בינואר לכהן כסגן נשיא ברזיל, אמר בריאיון כי ההחלטה על העברת השגרירות צריכה להיעשות בזהירות רבה, כיוון שברזיל מקיימת קשרים כלכליים ענפים עם מדינות ערב, ורבים מאזרחיהם בעלי מוצא ערבי. מוראו טען כי מהלך קיצוני ביחס לסכסוך עלול אף להביא את הטרור הבינלאומי לאדמת ברזיל. הנשיא הנבחר בולסונארו, מועמד הימין הקיצוני, נבחר בסוף אוקטובר לאחר מערכת בחירות סוערת, במהלכה נוסף על העברת השגרירות, בעיצומו של אירוע הקניות הבינלאומי, הבלק פריידיי, תקלה במערכת סליקת האשראי המרכזית בישראל, כתבנו ניתאי ענבי. הצוותים הטכניים של חברת שוואה מפעילה את מערכות התשלומים באשראי, הצליחו לווסת את העומסים ולהתגבר על התקלה. העיכובים נרשמו כתוצאה מעומסים על מערכת התשלומים, שבזמן השיא של היום נרשמו בה כעשרת אלפים עסקאות בדקה. ימי שישי נחשבים לימים עמוסים ברכישות באשראי, אומרים בחברה, אבל העומסים היום היו חריגים וגדולים בהיקפם בשל הבלק פריידיי. 
שר החוץ האיראני מוחמד זריף עזב בעת נאום של יושב ראש הכנסת יולי אדלשטיין ברומא. עם הגעתו של אדלשטיין למלון, בו מתקיים כנס מד, טיאלוג במזרח התיכון, נטש זריף את הלובי. כמו כן, גם שרי החוץ של קטאר, טוניסיה ואומן שהגיעו לכנס, לא נכחו באולם בזמן נאומו של יושב ראש הכנסת. עשרות אנשים הפגינו הבוקר מול ביתו של ראש הממשלה בירושלים בדרישה לפעול להשבת גופותיהם של החיילים השבויים בידי חמאס. פרופסור שמחה גולדין אמר לגלי צה"ל, יש ליצור סדר עדיפויות חדש. נתניהו, הוא מנהל את המדינה כבר קרוב לעשר שנים. כשהוא עושה את זה נכון, הוא מקבל את הגיבוי הציבורי. כשהוא מקבל החלטות לא נכונות, הציבור אומר את דברו. כשראש הממשלה ושר הביטחון מעביר מזוודות עם מיליוני דולרים לאויב ולא דורש את החיילים כתנאי מקדים כפי שהתחייב, הציבור מבין שיש כאן תקלה והעם יגיד את דברו. מזג האוויר גשום ברוב אזורי הארץ, כמו כן קיים חשש משיטפונות בנחלי הדרום והצפות במישור החוף. אלה זמני כניסת השבת פרשת וישלח בירושלים בארבע ודקה, בתל אביב בארבע ורבע, בחיפה בארבע וחמישה, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע ותשע עשרה דקות. אלה זמני צאת השבת מחר בערב, בירושלים בחמש ורבע, בתל אביב בחמש ושבע עשרה, בחיפה בחמש וחמש עשרה, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר בערב בחמש ותשע עשרה דקות. שבת שלום לכולם, אלה החדשות בצוות. איטיאל דינר ונועם ברלכיס. אז תתממה אין דיון גיודן, זיינן חוסן אונקלה גבודן, זיינן זה יריין צומרבן, זיין ברוכיס צונמן, און אותה די ברוכה, אותה רבה זה גגבן. מחליך דיגון ורם ארום זיך, ארום זיך ליך דיגון ורם, ותראה ושדר בייך מכן ליכתי, ליך דיגון ורם ביער, מחליך דיגון ורם ארום זיך. ארום זיך ליכטיגון וערב, את הרבש זה ויח מכן ליכטי, ליכטיגון וערב ויי.
Till I can sing these songs again So I'll take it with me every day Till Shabbos comes and I can say Come join with me, my friends Gonna run and all I share J.M. in the A.M. Pretty amazing, huh? Ms. Marshier done by uh, Aryeh Kunstler. Yaakov Shweki before that with A. She heard Benny Friedman to open up the 7 o'clock hour. Lichtig in Varim. 17 minutes after 7, Friday morning on this era of Shabbos Parshas by Yishlach. Black Friday. Apparently not just in the United States, it sounds like, from our news from Israel. Uh, but other places as well. How do you like that? Weekly update coming up at 7.40 Eastern Time with Malcolm Honeline. It's all happening right here if you keep it at JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM, Ohad, Eretz Yisrael, Draw Your Crowd, done by both the Maccabees and before that, Leviathan. Yankee Lemmer in there with Mim Komcha. And what a version of Mim Komcha that was here at JM the AM. Hey, I want to wish a mazel tov to the Hirsch and Fragan families. Last night, Hani Hirsch and Yechiel Fragan were married. A wedding in Brooklyn, New York to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Daniel Hirsch and Mr. and Mrs. Michael Fragan. A very, very, very major mazel tov. From all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. I wish I could have been part of the celebration. Due to family commitments, etc., I was not able to, but I'm sure it was an absolutely beautiful affair. And again, to the Hirsch and Fragan families, we say Mazal Tov. And lots of Nachas from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, weekly update coming up. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us in a few minutes. Or by Yudin, of course, with Parshas Vayishlach coming up at 8.15. Rami Kleinstein will be calling in from Israel in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll get his comments about the big December 2nd event happening in New Jersey with the Atid Society and the Kushner Schools. It's all happening if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Nein, nein, nein. 
J.M. in the A.M. Avramel, Avram Fried with Hinnany. Azuranu before that with Shlomo Katz. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candlelighting at 412 in New York. One of those early Shabbatot. No matter where you are around the world, it's an early Shabbos. Well, no, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> right. That's exa- probably not true. In fact, it's probably the opposite in certain parts of the world, but you get my point. Um... So candlelighting at 412 here in New York. My thanks to uh, JewishWorldview.com. If you haven't yet become a uh, a daily subscriber, hop to it. Uh, you can also print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos or any time. Go to JewishWorldReview.com for all the information. Also, OnlySimchas.com <coughs> has gotten into the habit of um, utilizing their news feed for good and interesting stories from around the Jewish world, including a whole bunch of stuff that we cover here each week. So... Uh, when you have a chance, you log on to OnlySimchas.com and check out their news feed on a regular basis. You'll be glad you did. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us on this Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Yeah, thank you. Good morning to everyone, and hope they, those who celebrated it had a good one, and it's not... Had a good day off. I overdid it, Malcolm. Uh-oh. I ate about double what I was scheduled to eat. <laughs> what about the turkey? <laughs> yes, <laughs> double of that as well. <laughs> By the way, um, <laughs> I, 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 we, we spoke Monday with somebody who's actually on that LL flight that I referenced last week. Mm-hmm. Your, your non-committal response last week now seems brilliant to those of us who follow the news. <laughs> so what can I say? Uh it seems that uh, most people handled the situation well, and uh, everyone should continue to um, deal with emergencies in our community as best as possible. I guess that would be the best way to put it. And, and I'm sure, after not reacting last week, you don't feel the need to say a word about it this week as well. I think all the reports this week speak for themselves. Right, that's true. And that's why we always have to follow the facts and you know, not jump to any conclusions. 100% true. Um, well, here it is. And I always joke with you that it's amazing that this always happens right before Hanukkah. I, I, I think there's something suspicious about that. That's too strong a word, I know, but it, it's still funny that uh, that we get this type of news always around the uh, holiday of uh, of miracles and the holiday that is most associated directly um, in in 
more recent times, so to speak, with our holy temple, a tiny stone half shekel weight that dates back to the first temple period was unearthed north of the city of David in Jerusalem. The weight was found during the sifting of archaeological soil originating from the foot of Robinson's Arch at the Western Wall. The weight, which has the word Becca written on it in ancient Hebrew script, has been known to be used as a half-shekel donation that each person from the age of 20 was required to bring as a census and for the maintenance of the Holy Temple as described in the 38th chapter of Exodus. Your reaction to this amazing discovery? I don't know how people can be complacent when they saw the reports, which were carried in, in a lot of the press, that, that when they see the report, and what makes this unusual, it's not the first time a becca, which is the weight of uh, the half shekel, when people came to where Ola Regal and they had to do machsis a shekel, the half a shekel, they, this is the weight that they use. But this one has the word becca written on it. So there's no doubt about what its purpose was, what its intent was, and that the the um, uh, they would bring a becca, this equivalent in silver, to pay the the taxes, and uh, they would have been measured out on scales on the very spot under the Temple Mount where the tiny stone weight was unearthed. What's different from the others, as I said, is that this one has the name, and that the the location where it was found. Um, and uh, and I think that they said that it was written in mirror style, in other words, written backwards um, on the stone itself. But that it will lead to many other interesting uh, information. First of all, now we know the exact weight. We know exactly what was involved. But more than that, to see the Bible come to life, see Tanakh come to life, there are two references, one in, about the Rivka, where it uses the word Becca, and then in in uh, about the Machsis HaShekel in, in Shmos, in Exodus. And it, to me, it's it's just so reaffirming and confirming. If anybody who doesn't talk about this at their Shabbos table and talk to their kids and grandchildren about it is making a huge mistake. Hmm. Uh, it is uh, amazing that uh, an actual physical piece of our history that is that old is discovered and being and and as being held by somebody in 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 their hand. Just the whole thing is so remarkable. Um, and also, as you know, that there were revelations this week about the trench, which I've talked about many times from years ago. But that the discoveries that were uncovered uh, are now being uh, made public uh, because this was done with the WAC's permission because the WAC wanted to be able to lay these wires. And I went up actually and saw uh, the uh, the um, uh, the pictures and the depictions of all of this at the time uh, from above the from the side of the, uh, the top of the shook where you can look down uh, on it and it 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 was uh, you know very disturbing to me that this was going on but then the archaeologists went in they controlled it they found bones and they found pottery from the first base of Mikdash not the second now they got stuff from the first and again every bone from a kosher animal. Unbelievable. The whole thing is incredible. Uh, what do you think of my um, my theory about the month of Kislev, that it seems every time we get to this part of the calendar, more discoveries come from that era? Well, the reason is because usually the digs take place over the summer and they finish 
uh, with Rosh Hashanah or Sukkot. And so by the time they analyze it, and by the time they have a chance to catalog and review everything, uh, and then the information is released, November, December, January. Well, coincidence or not, it gives this upcoming holiday a special feeling. You know what I mean? It Absolutely. Do, it does give it an amazing boost when you're marching toward Hanukkah uh, when, when these things are discovered and announced. So I don't know if it's a coincidence, if it's done on purpose, not or uh, no reason to be suspicious, but it, it does lend such an amazing atmosphere to the upcoming holiday. So this is one of the things, not only tonight at the Shabbos table, as you said, but as we go into the holiday of Hanukkah, mm-hmm. something that should be mentioned more than once uh, to our family and obviously the teachers out there, all teachers out there, and there's so many listening around this country and around the world, make sure to make this part of your Hanukkah curriculum. Let everyone know that the uh, the history of the Jewish people comes to life just from what's being found now in the Holy Land. Simple as that. Um, all right, we go to the elections in Israel. So Prime Minister Netanyahu, we, we thought when we left the air last week that it looked like uh, that on Sunday a date would be announced for elections, etc. But instead, Prime Minister Netanyahu takes the portfolio of defense minister and somehow Naftali Bennett decides to stay in the government. If he would have left, of course, the unity coalition would have been gone. Uh, could, tell us about those two things, about him not designating someone else as defense, as minister, as defense minister and Bennett's decision to stay in. So, uh, as you know, he holds several portfolios. Now, I think it's a, an economy move to save the salaries for the government, <laughs> but <laughs> unless he gets paid for each of them. Uh, look, I, you know, Israeli politics is uh, a maze within a maze within a maze, and you can never just judge based upon what seems to be the case uh, on the surface. One doesn't know what leverages and what other uh, indications are. Everybody does polling all the time in Israel, and they you know, we'll look at that and say whether it pays for them to go to early elections. Will anything result from it? Will they build up the resentment of the people more because they will have wasted the money to come up with the same result? Um, there are people, and there's some polls that show people, you know, are tired and just say, get over it, get it over with, you have the election, because we're only talking about a difference of six months, you know, of having the election in February, March, or having it in in uh, November when it, the government anyway comes to an end in in nineteen in 2019. So it's, it's not talking about uh, the usual situation where the average government in Israel lasts two and a half years. This one is already going into the third, is in the third year and, and will want to fulfill the, its mandate for the four years. Uh, for Bennett, the and, and Bibi has to look at the uh, totality of the situation about coming out of Gaza with all the repercussions, some of the negative criticisms, uh, feeling people feeling there's no conclusion or that he, they jumped too quickly. Others saying, look, we saved the lives. We didn't uh, put our young men and in, in, uh, women in the IDF in jeopardy. The people in the Gaza Strip uh, who live near the Gaza Strip feel that they are put in jeopardy, that, the, that there is no resolution, that Hamas can emerge and say that they you know, withstood this uh, and, and were able to carry out their, their attacks um, and still remain in power. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. He obviously felt he had to distance himself from the most recent Gaza activity. And so by assuming this, the, the part, problem was that Bennett wanted the uh, defense ministry, and I think it's the most safe, face-saving way. Had he appointed somebody else, really? that might have been a stop this way. When he keeps it himself, it's less of an issue, and it can always be given out later uh, to someone. As you know, he, he was criticized by Benny Gantz, a former chief of staff, and others. So I think he is 
um, assuming the responsibility, he said he shared it with the with the head of the Mossad, with the IDF uh, chiefs. Uh, but ultimately, it needs a decision maker. You need a, a defense minister, like you need a foreign minister, and I. I hope one day there will be one of those again. Um, to and it can't all be concentrated and being held for some future coalition. Now an appointment might be more divisive than leaving it as it is. For Bennett, uh, I'm sure there were numerous considerations about um, uh, whether to stay in or not. But I think most of all was the public reaction, which was so highly critical, both in the media but polls. Everything showed that the people did not. Um, support the move uh, by and large, and I think it probably mostly amongst his supporters that they brought down a right wing government. Ah, so the I get it. In other words, he, the the last thing Bennett needed was the country thinking he was responsible for the early elections and bringing down a right wing government, which right. he you know touts all the time. And um, so, so I think that that and and I think if the polls would have shown that some vast difference would take place, some realignment. I think others would have been pushing, but even the opposition didn't push for elections. You know, they they, they did the pro forma calls, but you didn't really see uh, big reaction. The big reaction were the demonstrations of the people from the South, and everybody has to feel for them and, and understand the, their plight right now. Uh, and, you know, their children growing up their whole lives, living in shelters or 15 seconds from a shelter, it's, it's really... Um, it's it's very difficult, and yet they are so resilient, and they stay, and they grow, and they develop. It's incredible. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, so we have a situation. I'm just the one piece I'm not a hundred percent with is then why not um, why not give in to Bennett and let him be the defense minister in this scenario? Like, why would not that have been? Why can't Netanyahu have just said, you know, we saved the coalition by me appointing? You know him to be defense minister. I just that's the one part I don't get. Or is it? Well, the relationship isn't great. Right. Number one. Number two. He doesn't want to give a potential opponent a platform mm. to become the you know the, the uh, defense candidate in a future election, as opposed to him, the security candidate. And the the um, um, and I think that it would have roused opposition from other parties that would have been jealous or would want would have wanted to have somebody else in that seat or right. don't like Bennett and his party. So I, it's an easier way out. It's postponing of a problem, which is often what happens in Israel. You know, it's funny, yesterday, uh, yesterday last week you alluded to it. Um, and again, it's it's a shame that it has to be at the expense of, you know, men, women, and children in the South. But it's obvious that the prime minister feels there has to be a uh, a consideration about the relationship Israel has with certain countries in the Middle East when making a decision about how to react to, to Hamas in Gaza or to all the terrorist groups in Gaza. Uh, that's number one. And number two, it's interesting that he has to you know, put some distance, put some time uh, between this episode and when everyone goes to elections because he doesn't want anybody running on this platform. And you know, and the proof's in the pudding. Look at Gidon Saar. He basically spent the week talking about this, right? Talking about the lack of reaction, uh, a proper reaction by Netanyahu in terms of Gaza. Yeah, well, he found something to get him back into the into the limelight, and of course, the Israeli press always loves the opportunity. Uh, he, he he resigned voluntarily. I mean, he he stepped down. He was often the most popular person within the Likud uh, party in terms of polls and um, things like that. But the, but um, you know, this was an ideal opportunity for him, and 
it's without doubt that they would take advantage of it uh, to um, assert again to get back in the in the media and to assert his own uh, positions. You know, it's interesting, and God forbid that this should happen. But if you know, if the leaders of the of the uh, of the enemy in Gaza, you know, were aware and and fully understood the political situation in Israel. I mean, they, they would use this opportunity, God forbid, to start up again, because uh, if if Netanyahu is right that he has to uh, put you know put some distance between what's happening in the south and the next election, because if in fact uh, the the most potent um, the most potent uh, argument against Netanyahu, the most potent campaign against him, is going to be Gaza, then you know the. Ironically, you know, usually the enemy starts up, and that's how he wins on safety and security. Ironically, it could work the exact opposite way this time. That's what uh, I was alluding to. But you know, for Israel, the, the key things is he wants they need to restore calm. Right. They have the relationship with Egypt, which was pressing very hard for an agreement. You want to limit Iranian influence and not give them more of an opportunity to build up. And I'm not saying that this was the right way to do that, but that's right. the a key consideration. That uh, they have, and to stop the buildup uh, of weapons there, and of course to protect their citizens. The the other consideration is that the prime minister clearly was alluding to the situation in the north, and that their fear was that it, an extensive operation would occasion a an attack uh, from the north, and Israel would then have to be facing a two-fronted uh, assault. And that, that is, uh, he says that that is the major consideration. They keep alluding to the fact that uh, they're expecting at some point in the near future to have to, to um, you know, respond to it. The, the problem is that the PA, that the PA, the Hamas in particular, can can boast that this was a victory for them that they carried out. That the activities which they admit were organized by them. They're not spontaneous uh, demonstrations. They're meant to deflect attention. They got the $15 million in cash to pay off people, which went generally for $100 to, uh, to some of the, each of the families, and they paid off the salaries of, uh, that, of Hamas officials that were long owed. Um, and, the, um, you know, the, and they walk away and say they don't care what suffering the Palestinian people go through in Gaza. And the whole media is just so distorted and misrepresentative when they talk about still an occupation. I mean, there is no occupation, and yet they continue, no matter how many times you point it out or whatever, they still continue to do these outrageous reporting about what, what was going on the ground. And I heard reports on NPR and elsewhere, where they talked about the number of wounded without ever mentioning, and the Israeli Air Force response, never mentioning once 500 or 460 missiles hitting Israel. <laughs> Par for the course. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Black Friday here at JMNAM. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. All right, you know the big topic that everyone insisted this week I discuss with you, and that, of course, is Airbnb. Uh, what do you think of their announcement, and do you think that the big reaction, especially on social media, is going to make a dent in their com company? So Airbnb, uh, which everybody knows rents apartments, has listings. They had a couple hundred or maybe 100 in the West Bank settlements in the communities, uh, as they do in every other place, disputed or not, around the world. 
And this was clearly a result of a sustained campaign that went on for some time to to uh, yield this result. Uh, I believe it's a violation of American law, and we have uh, efforts by the Lawfare Project and uh, others to um, pursue legal remedies against the company and to, to hold them to account. You know, last week, the 26th state, Kentucky, signed an executive order, uh, wow. BDS leg- uh, legislative uh, legislation, and um, now 20, more than half the states have anti-BDS legislation to boycott, and this, we think, falls well within that uh, purview. But the leaders of Airbnb, and we urge people to contact them, and if you, especially if you use it, contact the people you, you've ever dealt with, to say that you can no longer uh, use it if they if they pull their listings. They did not pull their listings out of Israel itself, and they said they won't do it out of West Jerusalem or the Golan, just the West Bank, which tells you that this is not a consistent policy. This is part, though, of why we keep pressing how dangerous the BDS movement is, how pervasive it has become in terms of uh, invading into major corporations or others who feel the pressure, and now they got to feel the counter-pressure. You see that the efforts by Zionists and others um, to uh, on the Women's March to highlight what the um, the leaders, and Linda Sassour in particular, but many others of the women, those who associate with Farrakhan, et cetera, that the leader, the founder, Teresa Shook, uh, came out, and uh, called for the leaders to step down for allowing anti-Semitism, and uh, and there were um, also anti other uh, hateful rhetoric and racism, et cetera. Um, and the there were others who then joined some movie actresses, I think, or at least public personalities. And Linda Sassori issued an apology the day before yesterday. Uh, others haven't. They still don't distance themselves from the Farrakhan's and others, these people, and I would not take the apology too seriously. I do take seriously the fact that we can have an impact, that even in the movement and, and this effort to build up, uh, quote, progressive uh, Zionist women getting involved, which I think really has had a profound impact uh, in this. In the, I think it's only Zionists only exists uh, for less than a year, but the consistent pressure and effort and exposing them, showing what they uh, really are, how extremist they are, and that they they took over a movement that was not intended at all to be, to be that we saw the Canadian Federation of Students endorse the BDS resolution at its uh, annual general meeting uh, this week, this past week. And, uh, you know, they called for a boycott of, uh, of Israel and many have, you know, individuals and Jewish students organizations protested it, but we're seeing the pervasive nature of this. And while people say, you know, who cares about it? And people have said it to me, why is BDS important? You know, it does affect Israel economically, which is by and large true. Uh, it, it does affect Palestinians even more um, in, in terms of the economic impact, purely economic impact. But you, you, you see this things that I cite just from the last couple of days, and the uh, effort to this is the you know the NGOs and non-governmental organizations and the funders the Rockefeller Brothers Fund was said and European governments were said this past week to be responsible for uh, financing the campaign in uh, in parts of the world and the efforts against Israel Human Rights Watch and Jewish Voice for Peace others who all come together 
uh, with some Israeli groups uh, and the Palestinian Authority to make this movement possible. And the Airbnb, if it's allowed to stand, will then invite other companies to do the same thing. Therefore, it's very important, even if you never use Airbnb, to, that the message has to be very clear. You decide to boycott Israel, you will suffer the consequences, well, whether it will be the legal actions, most of all the people stop using their services. Get back to source Sore in a minute, but first on Airbnb, I mean, you, you have to assume that, that th- they felt this was a good business decision. Right, I mean, you'd have to assume that 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 when this decision was made, it was not, it was not speci- it was not only because of a response uh, to a protest by Israel's enemies. Am I right about that? that I mean, that they had to have decided that this was a smart way to go. Although- um, maybe they didn't understand how dumb it was to go that way. Maybe it was, you know, a decision that somebody within who who was uh, and they and they had pressure. We don't realize how much pressure, you right. know, those who visit Israel, others tell me that they get, and once it becomes public, they're going. They're so organized, and they can, uh, you know, immediately mobilize thousands of, of um, emails and communications uh, by these haters and, and extremists uh, against Israel. Uh, so maybe Airbnb got bombarded and, and just said, well, if this is what public opinion, and we're doing a very limited action, uh, uh, and adopted it, and I don't know that everybody had approved it all the way up to Brian Chesky or the others who, who lead the organization, the company. Right. Uh, so we can't assume it until we really know and that they let's see what their reaction will be to this, whether they uh, come out. Now they're saying, well, we're going to consider Western Sahara. No, that's not the answer. The answer is drop <laughs> the West Bank, the thing, the, the restrictions on Judea and Samaria. And the, there's an attitude, at least I'm seeing this on social media, there's an attitude among, among the uh, pro-Israel crowd that, that our, you know, our boycott or our you know, emails probably won't make a difference anyway because the drop in the bucket, you know, the business they get from our community is just a drop in the bucket compared to their international following. But I don't know if that's the right attitude. You know, usually Wrong if- attitude, absolutely right, Nahum. That's exactly the defeatist attitude. You don't know. I, I, I just cited examples. We see... When I'm with Linda, so you see it in many cases where apologies have to be issued, where all of a sudden they find themselves. Uh, we, we are urging government uh, and uh, governors in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, everywhere across the country who have uh, BDS legislation to say that if, in view of the a decision, that state officials on travel cannot use Airbnb until this matter is resolved. And most of all, when when we see an ally coming under this kind of an attack. And it's clearly discriminatory. And they're not punishing China or all the violators of human rights when they announce they're not going to do anything in any of the other countries, any country that has uh, anybody complaining about it. And, and yet to come after Israel on this, it's, it, it, it cannot be allowed to stand and not be protested. And that at least the price, even if they don't rescind it, but the price has to be high for them. Mary, no question about it. Um, all right, so we encourage everybody to you know to write the letters and do things respectfully, etc. But to keep the pressure on Airbnb, both of you rent a place, and meaning if you are a renter or a rentee, in either uh, a case, uh, it can be very effective. And there are other companies they can go to, HomeAway, others. Right. There are options out there which I wasn't even aware of, but there are other options out there. Right. Also, um, so on the Linda Sarsour thing, first of all, I mean, you know, you saw the recent reports. It's it's hard to keep track of her apologies at this point. You know, which way they're going, if they're sincere or not, and what they, you know, how they're directed, et cetera. But the one thing I'm wondering, because you mentioned Teresa Shook, if in fact she's insisting 
that the movement's organizers stepped down because they've allowed this anti-Semitism. I mean, wouldn't you suspect that the first person she would dismiss or recommend dismissal would be Linda Sarsour, that she wouldn't be allowed to speak at any of these gatherings anymore? Or is that expecting too much from the leader of this movement? Well, well she's, not the, she's, she's not the leader now. I mean, the movement, she's, oh, she's a founder, right. taken over by extremists. Right, good point. And uh, that was uh, comments made by some of the other original members. And uh, I've met with some of them uh, who, to, to um, help us and help the effort to, to keep it from becoming an anti-Israel uh, manifestation. As you know, they barred women carrying uh, Israeli flags. And uh, they sued, and they went uh, after them, and that's how Zionists emerged. And uh, they, are, they have backtracked on it. And but, but they saw that once the announcement was made that they created this body to encourage participation, hundreds of women across the country, uh, so-called progressive uh, Zionists, came out of the woodwork and were just waiting for something to be said. And that's the problem. That's exactly the same thing we talked about before, is that we yield the turf to, to the enemies. They, they are dedicated, committed. They don't care, you know, if they get one or 10 or 20 they, they will, um, followers. They will build on it and build on it until they can take over. They work insidiously from inside and take over organizations. They use the, uh, the, the, the quote, human rights uh, cover and use organizations, uh, human rights organizations, to uh, as they do the sectionality, meaning making common cause with them or people protesting racial discrimination or other other causes, um, and and that is exactly the point that we have to not accept and not say that well it's a small cancer and we'll just let it sit there and and get worse. You see that where we stand up, then it, it people back down where good people will be heard, and many others will join us. Yeah. I know that Christian groups and others have also uh, joined in this uh, uh, action against the Airbnb. Mm. All right, let's hope it's effective and uh, that they reconsider and understand what kind of mistake they made. All right, um, the U.S. Justice Department rejected an official request from Prime Minister Netanyahu to allow Jonathan Pollard to serve out his remainder of his parole time in Israel. Uh, we, we saw what happened with the embassy move. We've seen the attitude of the president in general. Is is I mean I would assume that the president of the United States has a role in this decision. Um, he could, if he wanted to, step in and insist that in fact Pollard go to Israel. Correct? He can um, do a lot of things uh, now on on the Pollard case, and uh, the thought that this uh, guy gets out of jail and he's still essentially imprisoned, uh, even though he's free to walk around and, and engage in a lot of stuff, but he. They still put tremendous restrictions, and most of all, not allowing him at this point to say that he has too much information. I mean, it just doesn't pass the test of credulity that after all these years, he has secret information or information that he could divulge, even though he has said that he won't and that he wants to just go and live a quiet life and not be uh, as he has been doing here. You've seen it. So I think the decision is really terrible, and I hope maybe the president will reconsider it as at the end of the year there are often pardons or other actions taken right. that uh, by the president. Maybe they will they will do something in regard to Jonathan Pollard. As we've seen in the past, uh, sometimes relationships with countries. Uh, I'm not saying this. Is, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just I'm just I'm just pointing out the reality. Relationships with countries seem to surpass. Um, the uh, the crimes or the uh, uh, the episodes that 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 leaders of those countries 
may have been involved with. My point being, of course, on the Khashoggi thing, I think the U.S. administration has now made it abundantly clear that no matter what happened there and who's responsible, America's not risking its relationship with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, correct? That's been made pretty clear. Simple as that. The has made it clear. And I'm wondering if now the press is going to sort of, you know, um, let up a little bit on this issue or not. Um, Because I, I, I think it's logical, frankly. That you know, as bad as something is, and believe me, who's who who out here would endorse, uh, you know, someone calling for murder? Uh, but you know, there's there is a big picture out there, sort of what you told us last week that uh, you know, when it comes to again, God forbid, our brothers and sisters in the South should be the the sacrificial lambs, but sometimes there is a bigger picture where the prime minister is trying to accomplish something, and you know, doesn't always think that just because everyone wants you know carpet bombing immediately, it should be done immediately. So. There are sometimes bigger considerations, I guess, we're learning from this situation with Khashoggi as well. Uh, also, why has the president delayed the peace plan at this point? Uh, now, now I, is it February or March? I think he said March, right, for the uh, timetable on the peace plan in the Middle East? I don't think there is one. I think there's been a lot of speculation about it, and it would not surprise me if it came out before the end of the year or if it came, didn't come out at all. Because the you know it's dependent on the situation on the ground also, and when you don't have a Palestinian partner, and when they continue to stonewall the issue, Abbas refuses to sit and talk. Um, you don't need a U.S. plan if if uh, they were really able to negotiate directly and get issues done. The U.S. plays a facilitating role; they're not trying to impose uh, a solution. And I think that they've um, that uh, Jason, Jared, all of them have worked very hard. I think the fact that they've been able to keep it under wraps all this time and no leaks is. Uh, is amazing, almost miraculous. Yeah, uh, but the timing, I think, has to be contingent on developments on the ground. One, uh, you, you don't introduce a peace plan while there's a, a hot conflict going on. Uh, two, with elections coming up in Israel, you don't do it because no government of Israel will, will be able to respond as they might in normal times because of the political pressures of those who oppose it or support it. And will say it's a sign of weakness. They will talk about U.S. imposition. And one of the strongest things that Netanyahu is going for him is his relationship with the president. Right. So he wouldn't want to do anything that jeopardizes that or makes it look like it's uh, it's not the relationship that has been publicly seen. And the president certainly demonstrated with a lot of his uh, his actions. So I think, you know, it's, it's not a simple question of flipping a switch and saying we're going to expose the 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 thing you have to do it at the right time when it'll have maximal impact and doesn't become just a political football for uh, uh, you know there will be immense amount of opposition no matter what the deal says or doesn't say there will be opposition and it can't be it is not a final deal this is a proposal it's a framework uh, i think uh, because ultimately if the parties don't negotiate the deal it will never work all right, as I mentioned to you, we have a time constraint here. We have a special guest coming up. Um, so another minute or two. And I, and let me let me just toss these in here. Uh, you saw this item that the Mossad um, uh, actually um, um, stopped a potential Hezbollah attack in Buenos Aires this week. In Buenos Aires, as they did in Europe, and they there was a it was supposed to be a mass casualty terror attack, and the um, there there were Australians of Turkish. Uh, nationality, I think, or background, and they've been under surveillance for for um, many months, and they were tied to ISIS. I remember one of the statements. Uh, and if we uh, look around the world, you see that um, the EU now all of a sudden is open to sanctions against Iran because of the foiled attacks in France and Denmark, in which Israel 
played a role as well in warning uh, uh, about it, and, uh, and, and many other. Uh, we can go through the, the lists of, but also the uh, ex, the exposure of the laundering uh, mechanism in Germany, where Hezbollah found, uh, as they called it, a safe home, and the French prosecutors just put 15 members of the uh, on trial last week in Paris. Uh, according to various um, reports from Germany, and, the, and the, they were tied to the laundering of the Colombian narco uh, narcotics money and, and uh, the narco network uh, with people of Lebanese descent. So, and this is just one of many, right. uh, as well as the unfortunate continuation of the anti-Semitic manifestations that we see all too regularly every day uh, that are, are uh, of concern. But understand it's all interrelated. We see that Iran and others are pushing the anti-Semitic, um, and I think that also the BDS and others are, have received certainly report from international sources I mentioned earlier, and the, um, the, the, these are, there are relationships with it. I think we should mention that the U.S. has really taken some strong stands now this week on additional sanctions uh, on Iran and the uh, about companies that are doing business there, and um, and Brian Hook, the special representative, uh, came out very strongly and, uh, uh, and warned any bank that participates, whether in the EU initiative to bypass the restrictions on, on trade and banking, would face uh, additional um, uh, sanctions. You know, Europe wanted to do this SPV, the special purpose vehicle. It's going to fail. It's not going to work. You can't do you, you can't do without being able to be have business in the United States. And the um, uh, and the head of the National Security Council said that, that Iran of Iran has said they're going to return to the pre-JCPOA status. Let's see them return to it. The answer is that Iran is suffering. They they admit in many instances internally that they have all of these problems. Blame the United States, but it's of course a much more complicated thing. It's not just them, but the the they're not in compliance. Trade with Europe went up 25%, I think, this past year. Let's see. I believe it will not be the case next year. And hopefully the other sanctions will kick in and we will continue to press those who try to bypass them. And I think administration, the Treasury Department, uh, uh, state, others are doing a, a good job in trying to, uh, to counter it. And just to note that the U.N. again passed the nine resolutions against Israel but the most ludicrous, and if they want people to understand, 151 to 2, they talked about the that Israel should give up the occupation of the Golan. At a time when Iran, the militias, the IGC, all of them are pressing Hezbollah on Israel's northern border, even the idea is so ludicrous and so far-fetched. If you want to understand how incredible this is, that's a good example. It certainly is. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again yeah. next week. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Weekly update, Friday, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the a.m. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good day of Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayishlach. Vayishlach is a very powerful, emotional Parsha, a Parsha of confrontation. Yaakov, after being away a little more than 20 years, comes back from after his 
most challenging experience with his father-in-law, Lavan. Now he has to confront his brother, Esav. So we learn from Yaakov how he prepares for Esav, Doron, Tefillah, Nechama, sending a gift, prayer, preparing for war. And we have, interestingly, when the two of them meet, the Torah tells us, and you'll take a look at the Chumash, in chapter 33, Pasuk 4, the Torah tells us that Esav runs to greet Yaakov by Yechab Kehu. He embraces him by Yipol al-Savarov, falls upon his neck by Yisho Kehu, and he kissed him. And you'll note that in every Chumash, as indeed in every Torah, it's Nokud, there are dots over every letter in the word Vayisha Kehu, to show and to teach us. Rashi cites, Reb Shimon Bar Yochoi, Halacha, you should know, there is a law like a law of nature, like gravity, there's a law that Esav Sone Liakov, there is a hatred between Esav and Yaakov, and at this moment, right, according to one opinion, that at this moment there was a weakening of that emotion and he kissed him with sincerity. We have as well Yaakov wrestling with the Sar Shal Esav and his name being changed both in the early part and in the latter part of the Sedra from Yaakov to Israel. We have the tragic incident of Dina and the response of her brothers in destroying the city of Shechem. I'd like to focus this morning on two words which I think are especially powerful. I'd be honored if you brought the Chumashim to the table and open up to the first Pasuk in chapter Lamid Hay 35. The Pasuk reads as follows. Hashem says to Yaakov, and interestingly, the name of God is Elohim, which is the name of Din, the name of justice. Because as within the context here, you're going to see in a moment, Yaakov made a vow a little more than 20 years ago when he was running away from home, when he had that incredible dream of the ladder on the ground, going up to the heavens, angels ascending and descending. And Yaakov says to Hashem, please, you will guard me, protect me, bring me back this stone which I have anointed now, I will dedicate as a base Elohim, as a house of God. Yaakov has come back, but he has not yet fulfilled his vow. So, Vayomer Elohim, Hashem, who's exacting judgment, says to Yaakov, Kum, get up. Alei base El, go to base El. And then the two very challenging words, Veshev Sham, and literally sit there, settle there. And the Pasa continues, Asei Sham Mizbeach, make 
there an altar lokeil to the God Hanira Elecha who appeared to you when you were fleeing and running away So if you look at the Pasuk at first glance, and indeed the Ramban says at first glance, he didn't know what the two words v'shev sham, and sit there or settle there, are coming to teach us. Hashem is saying to Yaakov, fulfill your neder, make them as bayach, like he promised you would. What's this v'shev sham? So I urge you to look in the Sapurno, who has a very insightful remark. Says the Sapurno, v'shev sham l'chavein I want you to concentrate and have the proper kavana intent before you construct the mezbeach don't just go and do it perfunctorily rather as our rabbis have taught us in the Gemara Brachos 30b Chasidim Harishonim the early pious ones, how you show in, they would literally pause and reflect and concentrate, before they prayed, they would, a little bit of meditation, to whom I'm going to pray, removing from their minds and thoughts all foreign negative thoughts that could interrupt one's prayer, to put oneself in the proper frame of mind. In order that they should have <clears throat> the proper kavona, the proper intent in their performance, in this case here, of the mitzvah. <clears throat> we see from here how important kavona is the intent before a mitzvah is done. <clears throat> I'd like to share with you a very insightful Qur'an, a very insightful teaching of the Vilna Ga'on on the Akedah. We know in chapter 22 in Bereshis, verse 4, Bayom HaShlishi, literally on the third day, Avram lifts up his eyes, sees the makom, the place, Haramoria Merachok, and we know what goes on. So on this Pasuk, the Vilna Gaon cites very strongly. He quotes the Pasuk from Hosea, chapter 6, Pasuk 2, where the Pasuk says, Yechayenu Literally, we derive our life from two days, and on the third day, we will be literally maintained, and we will live before him. Says the Vilna Gaon, the following, following very sharp idea. The Gemara in Chulin, 142a, teaches that sechar mitzvah b'hai alma leka there really is not the opportunity for God to give reward for mitzvos in this world. Mitzvos are a spiritual commodity 
reward is physical. How could Hashem give something physical for something spiritual? So therefore, he says as follows, How are we going to get the reward of the Akedah? And after all, so much about Philos on Yom Noroyim focuses on our asking for the Schus of the Akedah. So he says, it's not the Akedah itself. It's the Omayim. It's the two days of preparation. The Zerizos. The fact that Avram Avinu is Vayashkem Avram Baboker. Not that he can't sleep, but he is anxious to fulfill God's word. It's the Hidur. It's the fact that he does it not only with alacrity, but that he does it himself. That he is the one who, the Torah says, he saddles his donkey himself. He chops the wood himself to teach us that all of this preparation, the hachana for the mitzvah, <clears throat> is so significant. And then, by Yom HaShlishi, in the future, that is when we get the, the osid lavo in the world to come. That's when we get the reward of mitzvahs. We see from here how important hachanos are to our mitzvahs. A person can do a mitzvah. Two people can do the exact same mitzvah, but one will do it by rote and by habit. Mitzvahs anoshim milamuda. This is what he's accustomed to do. I benched yesterday. I benched the day before. I don't necessarily know what the words mean. I don't necessarily focus on the words, but I said it, and I did it, and so it is with so many other brachos, or no. Before I do it, I pause, I reflect. And so, for example, take a look. We finished this section of Korbanos, and now we're about to begin the second section of davening, of Pesukit Zimra. And what does the Jew say? Hareini mezamein espi. Before he says, Baruch She'omar. Hareini mezamein espi. I am literally preparing my mouth to thank, to praise, to understand what I am about to do. It's a different doing if you understand what you're doing as opposed to doing it by rote. And I think that really we should pause for a moment and thank Art Scroll, who, what they've done in most Sidurim that they print, in the Shemona Esrei, there's one or two words above each bracha. If we will only pause for a moment as we go from the first bracha, before I say anything in the Shemona Esrei, after I've asked for assistance from Hashem in helping me pray, Hashem Sfasai Tiftach, comes Ovos. What does that mean? Stop for one moment. Hashem had a personal relationship with Avram, with Yitzchak, with Yaakov, and then put your name in. He has a personal relationship with you. You finish the first bracha, stop. Gevuros. Wow, I am about to address literally Hashem who is most mighty. And we go on to enumerate His might, including Tchias HaMesim. And so it is before each bracha that we pause for a moment to think about what is the essence of the bracha that we are about to say. This evening... Right before Shabbos, women have 
the opportunity, the privilege of Hadlokas Neiros, if they stop for a moment and realize that they're bringing in spiritual light into the home, that they are being mispalel for shalom bias, that they're being praying for the spiritual, not only the physical health of their children, but the spiritual well-being of their children. When you pick up the cup of wine tonight to recite the Kiddush, pause for one moment and ask yourself, what are you doing? After all, we say in the first paragraph, Hashem is the one that already sanctified this day 5,779 years ago. You're a little too late. What are you doing with Kiddush? The answer is Hashem is honoring you and says that He wants you to second His motion. He wants you as well to proclaim this day as being holy. We're bringing holiness, additional holiness, into the home. What a privilege if one only understands what He's doing. And it's not just in mitzvos, man to God. It's also mitzvos, man to man. Before you visit somebody who's sick, Pause and say to yourself, what a privilege to fulfill the mitzvah of Bikr Cholim. What a privilege when the time is presents itself to fulfill the mitzvah of Nichom Avelim. That I don't just do things because I'm conditioned to do it. I do it because I'm fulfilling God's will. Bring Him in to your everyday activities. And finally... The next part of Vishev Shem. What does that mean? Yaakov, a little over 20 years ago, you were running away from home. You were afraid of your brother. And you prayed to God with such fervor and conviction. Help me, save me. And now, a little over 20 years later, HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered Yaakov, fulfilled his word to Yaakov. Yaakov has Beliayin Hara, 12 sons. He has a daughter. And he has wealth, recognition. And Hashem says, before you build the Mizbeach, sit down, pause, reflect that your thanksgiving to me should be with the same enthusiasm and fervor as when you prayed to me. And this, I believe, is our responsibility as well. We thank Hashem. Every morning we wake up with Mode Ani. Every Shmona Esrei we have the Bracha of Modim. Our Modim should be, and it's not easy, but this is what we have to pause. This is the Shev Shem. This is the directive to us that we are to literally focus and realize how that which we've prayed for, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu has answered us, we should thank Him commensurably in the way He has responded to us. Shabbat Shalom to all. Shabbat Shalom. 
השולחן ערוך, תמונות ילדות על הקיר, שיירות לבנות חוזרות מבית כנסת. והריח הזה, ששורק לי את הלב, מתגנב, מתגנב, ופותח דלתות, אל אושר קטן, אל אותו שיר ישן. שעובר אצלנו במשך דורות, מתנות קטנות, משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, רסיסים של כוונה, עיגולים של אמונה, מתנות קטנות, משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, כמו הכוח לקבל את מה ש... Well, we, uh, we were anticipating Rami Kleinstein uh, uh, joining us this morning. That was one of the purposes of uh, basically moving our schedule the way we did. Um, and we were told he would be joining us this morning at this time, but uh, unfortunately so far we have not heard from him. Uh, hopefully I'll have an opportunity to speak to him about that amazing song, Matanot Kranot, and his incredible career. I do remind you that the Atid Society of the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School presents Rami Kleinstein on Sunday night, December the 2nd, first night of Hanukkah, 
Israel's Piano Man is going to be in the Dr. Morris Epstein Bernard Stein Auditorium at the Kushner Schools on South Orange Avenue in Livingston, New Jersey. It'll start Sunday night, December the 2nd at 7.30 p.m. An amazing opportunity to come and see and hear Israel's Piano Man, Rami Kleinstein. Information, jkha.org slash atid, jkha.org slash atid, A-T-I-D, jkha.org slash atid. And uh, the event, of course, um, uh, sponsored in part by Pioneers for a Cure, Songs to Fight Cancer, and the event is led by the Atid Society Chairs, Batsheva and Murray Halpern, who have expressed to me how amazing an event this is going to be, and they are 100% right. This is going to be remarkable and incredible to have him in New Jersey, Rami Kleinstein. And Batsheva and Murray and everybody associated with the Atid Society invites everybody to support the Atid Society, to keep Jewish education going in the way that the Kushner schools do, which is amazing. And in addition to that, to enjoy an incredible Sunday night with Rami Kleinstein on stage at the school, Israel's Piano Man, Sunday, December 2nd, 7.30 p.m. at the uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, South Orange Avenue in Livingston, New Jersey. An amazing opportunity. Uh, an absolutely wonderful uh, performance is guaranteed. That I could tell you. A wonderful performance is guaranteed. And um, you get to see why and hear why um, Rami Kleinstein has become such a legend in the state of Israel and really uh, outside of Israel at this point as well. And that song, Matanot Kitanot, is a big reason. Uh, that he appeals to everybody across the board. All right, so that's the story, everybody. Rami Kleinstein for the Atid Society, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, Sunday, December 2nd, 7.30 p.m. Take the advice of Batsheva and Murray Halpern and come and enjoy an amazing evening with Rami Kleinstein, Israel's Piano Man. Uh, again, information, jkha.org slash atid, jkha.org slash atid. And, of course, as we said, brought to you by Pioneers for Your Cure. Songs to Fight Cancer, which is such an amazing effort and should be recognized uh, as such as well. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to wish a happy birthday all the way to Chicago, Illinois. Shamshin. Happy birthday, Shamshin from Chicago. And special regards to listener Lizzie from all of us here in New York at JM in the AM. More coming up. Here's Shal Shellas on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos Parshas by Yishlach, candlelighting at 4.12. The Good Shabbos was done by the Yedidim Choir, Shalshalas with Sim Shalom before that. Eight minutes to go before the hour, and uh, we'll start wrapping things up here at J.M. and the A.M. Don't forget, Naomi Nachman is next. She'll be doing a table for two with her visit to the Jewish Food Media Conference that's coming up between 9 and 10. 10 o'clock, the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by our friends at Kedem and produced and uh, hosted by the one and only Mark Zamek. Arab Shabbos music mix starts with the... Um, Video Parsha blog by uh, Harry Rothenberg on Parsha's Vayishlach. And then the music mix sponsored by our friends at Kedem all day long until candle lighting. Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Zwickler. Tomorrow night, starting at 9 o'clock. And, of course, Matis with JM Sunday live, 7 a.m. Eastern time. This coming Sunday until 9 o'clock. Yes, even on Thanksgiving weekend, we have all this amazing live programming. How do you like that? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I agree. It is pretty cool. Uh, JM in the AM, and um, let's see, can we sneak a song in here? Candle lighting at 412, don't forget, in New York. Candle lighting at 412, keep that in mind. Meanwhile, here's Moshe Yes at JM in the AM. If I seem a little distant with a twinkle in my eye, there's a very special reason you will find. Today is on a Tuesday And the kids learn olive base And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind Yes, I walk against the many As they're groping in the night And I've tried to share the Torah in a rhyme and the boys are now bar mitzvah And Wednesday night is here And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind And Thursday sees a chuppah And the weather is getting cold And the Torah scroll is turning And we are growing old and the jokers and the scoffers They're running out of time And you know that I got Shabbos Yeah, you know I got Shabbos on my mind It's a Friday morning sunrise No time to mess around I'm the old man who dovin' right on time and your prayers get more sincere As old friends pass away And you know that I got Shabbos on my mind Jam in the AM, the great Moshe, yes Shabbos on my mind Meanwhile, we uh, are ready to um, present It's time to say good Shabbos here at Jam in the AM Journeys, we wrap things up on a Friday Thanksgiving weekend at Jam in the AM
The sun is going down It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week for us here at JMN. Thank you to all of you. 
for tuning in and being part of our incredible listening experience. It is much appreciated, to say the least. Um, Naomi Nachman's next from the Jewish Food Media Conference. 10 a.m. for the Erev Shabbos show, presented by Kedem, brought to you by Mark Zamek. Um, Erev Shabbos music mix starts at 1 p.m. after the Harry Rothenberg's video blog about Parshas Vayishlach. And tomorrow night, Saturday night, single with Avrami and Rabbi Zwickler. On Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis. Beginning at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Single reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.